Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be interviewing not only a friend, but a fellow interior designer and one of my designers here at our first Domain Design Market store, Tracy Moss. She entertains us all day, every day, um, but we clicked the first minute we we clicked while stalking each other on Facebook. We really did. It was meant to be that she came here and um, started working for me because we have so much in common. We have we have so much fun together. But the reason I wanted to have her on today is because a lot of people write to me and they ask, you know, I want to stage houses or I want to, you know, maybe I want to do um, wedding planning or I want to do party planning or I want to, you know, all these different creative outlets, different um, avenues that you could take your design your, your career and run with it. And Tracy has done them all. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, let's have her on to talk about the highs, the lows, you know, and, and because I'm always trying to discourage people from doing that, like just get a client, just design their house. That's how you make money. But she has seen the other side of it. So, um, maybe she'll give us some good bits of wisdom uh, but we have come full circle and she's back designing again that's <laughs> it's easier right it's, it's where just, the magnet pulls yep so tracy tell us a little bit about yourself well this is my favorite part i'm really not that fabulous just so you know she's just, fabulous well. she never brags about herself and i brag about her all the time so i'll start doing that if she doesn't do it about herself on Ooh, this call okay. so most of your career was in california correct, correct? yeah Yep, I was uh, born in San Diego. My dad was a Navy guy and then uh, raised in Arizona, which was, you know, the Valley of the Sun. Um, <laughs> hell, as we like to call it. Um, so anyhow, that was a joy. But the bottom line is I was always drawn back to California. And uh, that's where I actually, um, later in life, found my passion and uh, stumbled right into that. Now, you have a degree, right? But it's in graphic design? Correct. You wanted to do what? advertising you wanted to do well I wanted to create ads like fashion was like the drawings and the advertising and those kinds of things that I was drawn to I wanted to learn how to do that but I also wanted to be a professional ice skater so <laughs> Arizona what are you gonna do I didn't know that about Tracy yes. here's another fun fact about Tracy um and the thing that drew me first to her resume when it, she sent it to me is uh, I'm a huge huge movie buff and she has had many, I think your first, so what was your first job when you got out of school, right? You didn't go do graphic design. Oh no, I never actually did. <laughs> <laughs> As most people who get for degrees. A, not for a living, I never did that. doesn't matter what your degree's in, just go uh, do what you love. Yeah, I dressed windows and uh, that's actually how I found out that I love doing visual hands-on kinds of things and that's, that's what led me down the fabulous path <laughs> so like windows for department stores um i was doing the, actually i uh was hired by one of my aunt's sorority sisters mm -hmm. she became right after uh graduation she was the marketing director of one of the bigger malls in arizona and um so she hired me to at uh, the mall do the tr install the trim so she went to market and bought all new trim cool. for the mall which you know doesn't happen like every 10 years yeah or so. it's exactly a big deal. it's a lot of money so at christmas did you do the decorations for christmas for like for the mall for the whole mall yeah and uh, yeah the crazy part about that is that i just like all i saw was butterflies and rainbows and that was going to be <laughs> the greatest thing ever and then her vision was to she bought all of these um 
court jesters and um, all great colors and metallics from like Mardi Gras. Uh And so it was going to be this really great installation of Christmas and fantasy and those kinds of things. And then she said to me, and we're going to make like 10,000 bows (laughs) and they're going to be like firecrackers. And she explained them and it was just so exciting until she showed me how to make them. Do you still have nightmares? Uh, yeah, haunted oh, by that will, that and and brown wrap will never oh. happen again in my life. Now, can we post a picture of your the brown wrap window? Oh sure, on our Instagram. Sure, um, because I've seen pictures of that. It's on her <laughs> Facebook page. It is phenomenal. Oh please. So explain what that was. Oh, um, so I was hired to style and um, and select props for. Um, a photo ad. It was a, a print ad for a furniture store. So I thought, oh, my jam, you uh-huh. know, no real models to worry about and wardrobe, etc. So I was kind of excited. And so I met with the director and the art director came to, I had a little prop shop at the time of my personal props. And so uh, my neighbor at the time was a photographer. So he brought her over, introduced me and she, eh, oh, everything she wanted me to take next door to the shoot, which obviously wasn't possible. So he picked out a bunch of things, very beautiful and sculptural and great lines and all that stuff. And so I was very excited about her vision until she said, <laughs> and now I need you to wrap it all in brown paper. <laughs> Furniture. Yeah. Tables. Mm-hmm. Chairs. Lamps. I've seen pictures. Well, you'll see Lounges. pictures. It's unbelievable. How many <laughs> rolls of brown paper? My oh, gosh. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. The guy at the Home Depot really did look at me funny like... <laughs> more like you're <laughs> buying more and he did not believe he didn't know because it was that stuff that they mask painters mask oh, the houses off yeah, yeah. it was in great rolls but yeah. different thicknesses so i could do different textural things with yeah. it yeah so yeah that was fun but yeah they thought i was straight cra- well i am crazy but yeah it was a whole different thing <laughs> she is yeah. a little crazy yeah it's true mm-hmm. embrace the crazy so that was one of your windows um did you like doing window dressing? I mean, was well, that fun? Because that's one of those things. Again, if you're a creative type, like growing up, you say, oh, that'd be so much fun. You see movies where people, that's what they do. Well, it's one of those things that until you know, like you see something every day and it doesn't, you just assume that that's how it came or that's how it was or the minions yeah, came easy. at night yeah. and did that. Yeah. Um, so I never really knew window dressing was an art or a thing. Um, but once I realized that was a thing, that's all I wanted to do. And then I realized there was a whole organization of people that were already invested in that. <laughs> and uh, they didn't really let the outsiders in, so I had to gotcha. figure out a different way. Um, but yeah, I didn't do a ton of windows when I was younger. Um, but what I loved about doing the windows was creative freedom. Yeah. To just have a vision and not there was no plan that you followed to get it done. Like I made these palm trees one time. Uh-huh. What'd you make them out of? Uh, well, <laughs> it's a few materials, but mostly vinyl, like heavy, shiny vinyl. Cool. And then some uh, bamboo trunks that, you know, you have to stick out the center of your car if you want the real <laughs> long ones, but, you know. So, yeah, they were like just tactile, you yeah. know, like, so they were magical, but not, so they looked a little bit real, but you knew that they were just. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it always comes back to design where you have this idea and then you have to make it happen. Like you have the idea, you sell it to the client, and now, oh crap, Execution. now I gotta, make, Hello? I gotta make it a reality. Well, that's like set dressing. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. write a script, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, you know, you table read and you follow it and you figure out a set dressing, which things you're going to pull from this and what your responsibility is. But you also have to dial them back because sometimes those visions are so, so giant that they're, 
their fantasy. So when they want you to find a 50-inch TV for the band to push out the window of the hotel, <laughs> and the max size was 32, yeah, you have to push them back down, and they yeah. won't. They're the higher ups; they don't hear no. But you're like, no. See, and I didn't even have to bring it up because she always gets embarrassed when I bring it up. That was my coolest part. I love movies. I love watching movies. I love everything I about them. This. And so she she worked for years. Well, you started as a didn't you start as a personal assistant? Okay, on and off for years in production. So I PA'd. So I did production assisting in set dressing. Uh-huh. And I didn't even know what that was at the time. All I knew is that I got to work on movies. Um, so the production assistant, and um, there's usually multiples, but depending on the budget, um, you do everything from going to get somebody's car washed, moving their car <laughs> from the parking lot, to really holding shit tons of cash. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm sorry, You're but yeah, I mean, swear. you know, you you pick up a briefcase and you don't open it. You just take it where they say to take it, and it could be a prop, it could be somebody who demanded a cash deposit on that car that they're going to drive late. I mean, it, there's all kinds wow. of things. Like I never imagined. Oh, you don't hear that. Um, so yeah, I've <laughs> I've purchased all kinds of things. So I, I did a little bit of everything in that. But my favorite part was when they said. You know, we don't have time to do this. We're doing a 15-year-old room in the summer and the whatever. So, like, when you read that part of it and you have that vision, uh-huh. there nobody's showing you the picture. There is no Pinterest. They're saying this is what the vision is. You have to be somebody that sees that in your head uh-huh. and knows how cool that's going to be and that it translates. So when somebody's watching that movie, it, it, you don't even think about that. You're yeah. there. You're transformed by the environment. You believe it based on the set dressing. Yes. So I always say the talent has the easiest job. Oh. For me. Because they get the script. They get to, you know, they memorize sure. it. They go. They stand up. They do it. And their job, you would not believe them no matter what their performance. Yep. Oscar winning performance. They stand there in front of a green screen. Meh. Yeah. But when, like, like dress rehearsal, when the full production's in, you either believe it based on every little bit of it yeah or you go oh no oh you know? sure there's how many how many you know period piece movies do you watch and you're like there's no way mm-hmm. they'd have their hair like that no, there's no exactly. way the 80s were not <laughs> exactly right like some of them get it really really dead on and i'm completely uh-huh. impressed where nobody else is noticing but every time and i was super disappointed by what is it the um American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story, yeah. Yeah, they did that 80s one, 1984, whatever. I, w- I couldn't even watch it. Like, I couldn't really? even watch because they got so many things wrong. Yeah. It just they was... they a young person who didn't live through it, I Right, think. and they look at all the the new, to be old 80s or, yeah. you know, it's come around again. But they again. thought 80s were. Yeah, and they made it so it's current. But again, if you're going to believe that, for especially for me. Well, it would help the actors, to. too. For sure. To be in the set that feels like. Well, that era. I would, I would, if they're doing their job right and immersing themselves in it, but who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> We're not. <laughs> the, the, going over the Academy Awards, we'll judge that later. Next For time. sure. So what was the first movie you worked on? Ooh, am I allowed to say? Um, it was called Rockstar. <laughs> oh, really? That was the first one with Jennifer Aniston? Well, the, and... fir- the first one that was actually like a, I had a, a credited. That's cool. You know, I wasn't a grunt. Yeah, who was, it was Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer and Aniston, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, crappy movie. But, um, I like that movie. Well, I mean, it was, it has its moments for sure. You but. know what? I The thing I liked about it 
was that I truly believed that it was the 80s, like the, some of the, the sets and the, they it didn't look like they were trying too hard on certain things. Like that was the rocker friends I had. That's how they dressed. Then I won't ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun. I will say that we had a ton, a ton of fun doing it for sure. Yeah. You worked, um, well, well, I want to say worked on some, so again, they would either, sometimes you said they would, you'd see the script or they would tell you like, this is what we need. Other times it was someone else was doing it and they just said, this is the list of things I need. Right. And so, she would go source it. She, she hunts. Oh, and this is free internet. This is oh, not like I could just yeah. tippy tap in and let it fall from the sky. No, no, no. I had to actually go out and beat the streets and find it. So cool. Well, yeah. It was fun. It was, I mean, if you could get. If I knew as a child I could get paid to do that, I would have honed my skills way sooner. <laughs> At her interview when she told me she had uh, so worked on the set for the pilot of that 70s show, which oh, every time I watch that, 80% of my attention is focused on the set. Okay, so to be clear, I did not work on the production. They bought yes. a ton of props from me yes. that went on the pilot and... A lot of them became permanent sets, so yeah. <laughs> but I did not actually work on the production. But you also, I'm, I'm assuming, as much as you know about vintage stuff, vintage furniture, and clothes, oh my gosh, you go to her house, classic Gucci and Dior and Chanel, and I mean, she knows the real stuff, and she has she is a treasure hunter. <laughs> and she finds it, and they're in glass cases, and it's beautiful. Going to her, her house is like Disneyland for me. Um, but you, you actually had a studio, right? Where you would then collect things, gather things. It was so organized. She had everything you could think of from mid-century modern, the 50s, 60s, 70s. And so they would make appointments. They'd come and see you and give you lists of things. And, and then you'd also find things for them, right? So yeah, do it for that. You did, you said a little bit of West Wing. What else? Yes. Go ahead, name so drop. These, Go ahead. No, I don't want to name drop. Oh, but what on, I did is I not? made, I had relationships. Wow, wow, funky junk. So I had a little, before it's time in Newport Beach, I had a little store and it was vintage before vintage was cool, but it was called Funky Junk. Yep, original name uh-huh. by me. <laughs> um, in 94, so all those people out there saying Funky Junk now, OG was yep. right here. So yep. um, anyway... <laughs> So I did that for a while, but what that led to was that there was two demographics in Newport Beach. There was old money and no money. And old money <laughs> donated the stuff that was in my store because uh-huh. they didn't want to look at it anymore. And uh-huh. then the new money just drooled over it but could not afford it. So um, the old, yeah, the no money. Yeah the, yeah, the beach crowd, the young crowd that came to yeah. work in town. And um, yeah, so anyway, that was great fun. But that lent itself to... A couple of designers, um, Holly Sharp, the designer for Girl Star, which is the girl version of Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, she um, walked by my shop one night and uh, saw the sofa in the window and left a note and said, is it for sale, etc. Anyway, another long story for another day. But she ended up buying the sofa and putting it in the window of her boutique. Uh-huh. Um, she made custom wedding gowns and things like that in Corona Del Mar. Cool. Um, yeah, so she, um, once that happened other people started showing up and leaving notes on the door and uh, <laughs> maybe you should have changed your hours yeah i was thinking by appointment only but you know you had to have one of those little hand things that you turn back be back in yeah i might cut the hands off of mine <laughs> Just, well, i realized i, like I wasn't it. a shopkeeper i mean that yeah. let me know that i wasn't a shopkeeper but when my lease was up i said 
not the shopkeeper. Um, and so I met this gentleman, another story, Nick Metropolis, and he had two, uh, like Fred Sanford style on the corner on La Brea in uh-huh. LA. Great spots. He yeah. had them for years. Um, and so we and met. For people who don't know Fred Sanford, it was he was a he had a junkyard oh. <laughs> for the younger crowd. Yeah, Google, Sanford and Sons. Google it's that an old show from the seventies. Yeah, it's the best. Okay, so um, yeah, so Nick um, came to Newport Beach as you know I allegedly had treasures, and um, he wanted everything, but he didn't have money for everything. So we made an agreement that I would come and manage one of his stores, and I would be able to sell the rest of it, and we would help each other that way. Well. That was my Disneyland. That door opened and I just had no idea. I didn't know what set dressing was. I had no idea what any, you know, costume or set dressers. I just knew it was magic. Uh-huh. Um, so I made a couple relationships. And then when they saw my crazy, they would start dropping by with a list or dropping. Because I was employed. But they knew I'd storage units and hordes. and <laughs> So, yeah, they would drop by with a list. And then the check would show up. And. Yeah, it was just, it was a pleasure. It was a joy. And it was stumbling into it at a later in life age. And then just being able to, you know, it was relationship based. Those yeah. doors are closed. I mean, unless you're related to somebody and or, yeah, I mean, those doors are closed. So I feel pretty proud of myself in that I was able to experience it, learn from it and walk away from it. And having that, it was fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and, and anyone with this desire to be a designer, we're, we are, we're all kind of crazy, but we do, we have this, we, we love the hunt for the right piece for the something. And, and when you see vintage, doesn't matter when you were born, when you see something that's vintage to you, you know, it, something that's from the world of design or the world, you know, that's just exciting and like, Oh, look at this. Remember this is so cool and quality. And you know, that's what Tracy reminds me of every day, you know? Well, you're connected to that, like mm-hmm. the joy. It sucks yeah. being an adult. Let's be honest. I mean, it's a dread. You got to go to work. You got to be lucky if you find a, something to do that you're joyful about. And what we do every day It is mm-hmm. not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, it yeah. Is. But that's the but that's the adrenaline rush. Is well, the finding sure. something? Well, it's the treasure. And, and two things, twofold, is that for me, it started. It really did start. Was that putting all those things together that I could never have as a child. All the things my friends had that I uh-huh. wished for and pined for. And then once I started making my own money and I could pick, I just started putting those things together. And I Barbie dream house when you're 40 years old. Thank it's you. It's a whole new. Thank you. <laughs> Never too late. That's true. Never too late. And um, yep. yeah, so I think that when I realized how other people found joy connecting with those pieces, they don't speak to me necessarily, but they mm-hmm. speak to somebody. And as design for me, when you have pieces that you connect with and that you love, that bring you joy, it it makes your home. It makes mm-hmm. your house a home. It just mm-hmm. does. So you can have a designer and you can make a beautiful, pretty home, but if your heart's not there, if your joy's not there, mm-hmm. it doesn't. There's nothing to connect to. I agree. Otherwise, it's a model home, and I, and, and it's a, it's sort of the new look. Everyone wants just clean colorless, lifeless, everything looks the same. Everything is cookie cutter. And I could never live in a house like that. Beige carpet. Are you kidding me? Grage. I need joy and memories and life and stories. Everything in my house tells a story, something in my life. So 
beyond the movies, then you've also um, done staging. You did a lot of Ooh, yeah. like home staging. A lot of people call and say, "Well, against my will, home staging." <laughs> well, yeah, because what what would you tell someone that says, "I think it, that has every potential, every skill." to become an interior designer, but says, you know, maybe I'm just going to start with staging because that'll be it, easier. It is. Com- <laughs> Ugh. I, I don't uh-huh. even know where to begin with that. Um, it just, it leads itself from, from what I just talked about is connecting to that. And staging is completely cold. I don't know that anybody wants to hear that because it is essential for anybody trying to get the most money out of their house. Uh-huh. I don't care where you live. If yeah. you have the right staging done, it's more money every time. Yes. However, I'm not a stager, not trying to sell you anything. That's just a fact. Um, however, I found in staging that um, they you do not personalize it. You uh-huh. do not. You try to speak to the broadest audience, which makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, but the sad thing is, is that audience sees that, emulates that, thinks that's what everybody else thinks it should look like. Yeah. And that's where Cookie Cutter comes from. They want it to look like the model they saw. They want yeah. that same exact thing. Then the friend comes and sees it, and oh, she has that. And I want, and it. it yeah. Nobody's connected to any of that. It's just a look, like that dress. Oh, yeah, I want that dress. And then she gets it, and she gets it, and she. But there's now no, you don't want it anymore. No, it's yeah. not special. Mm-mm. No, I I feel the same thing. Staging to me, staging to me is just moving furniture. You well, move furniture in, it sells in a week, especially these days, and then you got to move furniture out, and it. And there's no, there's no joy. Again, no. design, you're getting to know a person. What makes them tick? What makes them smile? And that's what you put into your design. I'm invested in their joy. Yeah. Staging, you just want it to look pretty. Well, and, and it, it's kind of soul sucking after a while. Oh my heaven. It's thankless. It's totally thankless. Totally thankless. Totally. And again, you get into the end and you're just moving furniture. Oh, yeah. Mm. So the final chapter, because I'm forcing her to work for me forever until she retires, I at, dare um, her. <laughs> at our store, um, you know, we do everything I teach, right? Which is, you know, new design, special order, custom furniture, beautiful, you know, high end, whatever. And the whole process I teach with, with design. But Tracy brings this element to where now we can bring quality, high end, beautiful vintage pieces and incorporate them. She's trying to say I'm picky. Well, she is picky. But she's starting a binder now for the store. So she can find anything. It's it's amazing. And I think that's a niche of, of our business that's really going to set us apart because now we can offer that, you know, unique, unusual design experience where they get the new stuff, but we also get to add in cool, one-of-a-kind vintage pieces that really make their house different. That Something make it, that speaks to them. Yeah. Something that they're drawn to, that they're they're connected to from their childhood or their grandma's house or their the place that they used to go, like Farrell's, whatever. Yeah, Farrell's. So, <laughs> so something that in their mind that they would never hunt for, but they would wish for it. Yep. And if we can find that, that connects them to that design and they feel great about the whole thing. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's just how things come together as a whole. The, the sum of all the parts is really the amazing part. Yep. So I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> business idea we have. We'll see how it goes and see if it works. Um, Thank you, Tracy, for being here today. And again, just giving everyone a different perspective when you love design, when you you have this desire to make this your career, but not really knowing how you want that to play out or what that looks like. You know, again, hopefully this is kind of a 
giving people a little inspiration, a little outside of the box thinking that maybe they have another passion instead of design that, that they could go down that path like you did. Well, and that's the thing. It's never too late. It really yeah. isn't. I mean, I'm as old as dirt, but the bottom line is I was grateful <laughs> to figure it out when I did. Yes. Yeah, me too. Oh, I found myself at 21. It was right. great. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for visiting. Thank you, Tracy. And happy designing. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.